0: That's right. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash SPP. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash SPP. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling, What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Smartest People Podcast. I'm Chris Stemp. And I'm John Rojas. Thanks for tuning in. I feel like it's been a while since we've done something, but it hasn't, has it? It's been a while. I think the last episode we released was last Saturday. I don't know. We're keeping up pretty good, though. So thanks for coming back, checking in. We've tried to write a little better on the website and everything, smartpeoplepodcast.com. Check out the posts and what we put up there. It's pretty good. This week is awesome. It's I think it can benefit everybody if you're young, old, you know, whatever. We're talking about the internet and with it, the best of the internet. Oh, I love the internet. You do. You're a big fan. And yes. th- the coolest part is I think this week's guest does what you do for me, which is takes the things that matter on the internet and kind of points them out so I don't have to search all the bullshit. So you're saying you should pay me? Mm, well, I don't pay him anything. So, Well, somebody pays him. Hey. <laughs> so somebody should pay me oh, to do oh, this. Hey, man. Well, if you go to our Amazon widget at the top of the page... I guess technically everybody can right? pay. You can yeah. pay us. Make sure you use that, by the way. Um, this week, we talked to David Michelle Davies, also known as DMD, which I thought was awesome, and that's what we referred to him as. He's the executive director of what we uh, know as the Webby Awards, which is the best of the internet. He's devoted his life basically to finding these gems in the internet or now mobile apps and a bunch of things and exploit, not exploiting them, making them known, basically bringing to you what matters and kind of keeping the the junk to the side, I would, I would guess. Right, Roach? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this guy is essentially my
0: role model slash hero. I mean, he sits at his desk. Well, I'm sure he's got people that actually do it for him now, but... He scours the internet to find interesting and helpful
1: things and then sends them out to his quote-unquote friends. Well, and we asked him, we asked him that, like, what do you do on a daily basis? And he still tries to keep kind of grounded and do some legwork. We're kind of making this seem like he's just a guy who looks at the internet, but dude's super smart. He knows like everything that's going on out there. The awards, I mean, it's the main awards on what's awesome on the internet they, and they have big shows. I mean, these are award ceremonies that like stars and I mean, they knew the Google guys before a lot of people were really onto it. They knew all those guys.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, for the Webby Awards, there's a panel of judges and stuff like that. So he sits and talks to on a daily basis, usually the guys that created Twitter, I Can Has Cheeseburger, Chat Roulette, Ira Glass, Zach Galifianakis, all these people that are interested in internet culture and that kind of stuff. They sit there
1: and discuss what's hot, what's nice out there, what's cool, that kind of stuff. It's, well, it's awesome. And like you said, internet culture. I think that's the biggest part is, I mean, we talked to him in the interview about just the culture behind it, how it's changed everything forever probably until the next big thing, which we can't even get into. So, And he's, he's really smart when it comes to it. I mean, just extremely knowledgeable.
0: You know, he's shared that knowledge on various platforms. I mean, he's been on CNN, Fox News, Good morning, America. He's spoken in front of different companies like Interbrand, Microsoft, Institute for the Future. So, I mean, he's a well-versed guy. He
1: goes out there and, you know, spreads his thing. It's awesome. And then he also, what's that thing that I got you to sign up for that he does and he sends out the daily? Oh, the newsletter Netted. Netted. Net. Net did. N-E-T-T-E-D. That's kind of hard to say, but seriously, it's phenomenal because you don't have time to find out what's good on the internet and he'll send you every day uh, what's good, uh, like what's great, what's
0: helpful. He'll send you apps, websites. So, you know, when mint.com was becoming pretty big, like they recommended that to people. There's all kinds of apps and stuff that just help you throughout your
1: daily lives and all that kind of good stuff. Actually, uh, one of the things that I think is really awesome about it is the internet is full of crap. It's full of terrible stuff. False. We were just talking about I can has cheeseburger. This dude's worth yeah, millions of dollars. No. You had no idea what that was. That's did you? awful. And I'm glad. I never want to know what that is. I actually was doing some research on that site. And I think
0: the way that the CEO and creator of that site put it is perfect.
1: He just wants to make people happy for five minutes of a day. That site makes me pissed off. For one minute of my life, it just does because oh, that's crazy. Some people, 170 million people, go to this thing to look at pictures of cats. Like a month, wanna... yeah. Sorry, we're getting off track here, but so, anyways, what what DMD does and what the Webby Awards do is they point out the things that really matter, really gonna help you in your life, and in one way or another, they might be funny or just good things in internet culture. So turn it over to him in a second but as i mentioned make sure to use our amazon link it's kind of keeping us going keeping the lights on thanks for actually thanks for following us or liking us on facebook yeah we hit a thousand boom cue the the clapping and laugh track or whatever (laughs) so so everybody thanks for that that's really awesome thanks for following us there and on twitter and all that good stuff so uh, without further ado learn a little bit more about the internet and internet culture with david michelle davies Again, thanks for being on the show. I have to admit that, and I wanted to start off with this: you alone are the reason that I have a personal Twitter handle. Um, after I heard you speak at Living Social, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I finally understand it!" Because John has been trying to get me on Twitter for two years, and I refused until you came and talked. So that is uh-huh. that's my uh, my thing right I'm like there. Your Twitter father. Yeah, you you are because I, I didn't understand it. I mean, the the links you made were just they were outside of my grasp.
2: Well, that's I'm so glad to hear it. It's <laughs> funny, you know i um, I was I was like very early to a lot of things, but I can't say that I was I wasn't late, but I can't say I was early to Twitter. Like I was like probably like the thirtieth user or something like that on Flickr, and I was by no means that. Bad. Twitter was one of the ones that I definitely was not one of the first users on a, of the few. So, you know, I think that uh, it's one of those things that's super valuable, but, you know, maybe like a little bit like a bike, it takes a little bit of time to learn how to use it, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I know John is, he lives on it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So I guess we wanted to kind of just start off and talk to you a little bit. I mean, dive right into the Webbies. It's one of the coolest things out there. And, I know that it needs to be heard and seen by more people because it really highlights the best of the web. So could you kind of tell us a little bit about it for those that don't know? And also tell us how you started it.
2: Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so the Awards is actually in its 16th year, which this will be the 16th annual. I still feel weird saying Uh <laughs> I think I've been working on it for 13 years, so I think part of it is that when you work on something for so long, the sort of lines between you and what you're working on blur a little bit, and you know, I know better than anybody how long 16 years is on the web, (laughs) Um, and so sometimes when I say that, it makes me feel old, and I sort of realize that maybe I am old, but um, even though the Web Awards is sort of old for an internet company, uh, we like to think of it as Um, Really cutting edge and really paying attention to, like, what the very, very best stuff is on the web. Um, So, like I said, it started 16 years ago. Uh, Back then, we were honoring just websites. That was sort of the only – that was the main thing that people did on the internet with the exception of maybe, like, email and instant message. Um, And, uh, you know, we had – and, you know, today it's gone from – back then it was websites. And today, of course, we still honor websites. Uh, we also look at online film and video, uh, we started that about five years ago, that's videos that are created for the internet specifically, so not shows that were on TV and then put up online, but literally shows of all sorts, news shows, politics shows, dramas, comedy of course, um, that was uh, made specifically for the internet. Uh, we also look at interactive advertising, uh, and that's all the different types of advertising campaigns that you see on the internet these days. And then of course... Uh, More recently, but very, very dominant these days, mobile and apps. I think we started honoring mobile and apps about four years ago. And um, in the last few years, uh, entries have essentially doubled each year. So it's really growing. It's probably the fastest growing part of the web that I've seen in these 13 years um, doing this.
0: What type of growth have you guys seen in terms of, you know, how people look at these awards as one of the most prestigious things that you can get in terms of the internet now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know a couple of, like easy facts are sort of that can sort of really quickly show you the growth. You know, I think in 2005 we had like, 2004 2005 we had probably about 2,000 entries. Um, this year we get more than 10,000. Um, so that's that's a lot of you know growth just in the amount of work that's entered each year. Uh, we get entries from 60 countries now. Um, I think probably five years ago, we probably got entries from like 15 or 20 countries. Um, so it's become more global uh, and the amount of work being entered has, has grown. Uh, but I think, you know, I think we've always, uh, I at least, and I think most of, we've always really believed that the internet and the web was a mainstream thing, right. even when it wasn't mainstream. And that was part of why we were so passionate about it and why we love it and why we love celebrating it. Because at the end of the day, it's actually a place for everyday people to do everyday things. And, um, you know, now that's, like, not a weird thing to say. You have entire regimes in the Middle East being transformed by social media. You have, you know, the business of entertainment in California being totally transformed by the Internet. I could go on and on on every single industry. So, you know, at the end of the day now, the Internet is really sort of like the – the global force of change in the world are the sort of most important or at least the, the fastest growing force of change.
1: So it's a really obvious
2: thing, but you know, I think for a long time it wasn't and it was perceived as this like weird computer thing where like these physicists and, you know, art dorks and computer people hung out. Fortunately that's changed now. Um, and that's why we really love it. And I think that's part of why it seems like it's more mainstream, but really we've always been trying to honor, you know, the work and the the sites and whether it's apps or websites or whatever it is that, you know, regular people love and use all the time and, and feel connected to.
0: Right. And that actually leads perfectly into another question that I had and you kind of got onto it or into it here. I wanted to ask what effect you think the Internet will have on TV, movies and music not in the sense of like distribution and stuff like that, because we've already seen that with MP3s and digital files, but just because the cost to entry to put these things out there is next to nothing now. I mean, anybody can record at their house, whether it be music, movies, TV shows, that kind of stuff. What effect do you think that that's going to have on these older business models of of TV, music, and and movies in Hollywood?
2: Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. So... The, the competitive thing there is, you know, whether it was a, a TV channel or a movie studio or even like a publisher of books or whatever, part of the value that they provided was in scouting and finding things that were good and choosing to make shows and publish them, finance them essentially, right? And I think, and that was expensive. Like it was expensive to make a TV show and it still is, but you know, it's gotten a lot less expensive because of all the things that you mentioned. Um, and so now that hurdle of the, the price and the cost that used to be financed by some of these sort of, like, you know, industries has gone way down. And so it's a lot easier, obviously, for people to, you know, anybody to, you know, write a blog post or make a song or whatever it might be. Um, so there's more stuff, right? And so um, that means that there's more stuff that needs to be filtered, but it doesn't mean that the job of filtering isn't still important. It just means who's doing the filtering is changing i think ultimately so i think there's actually still a huge role for a programming executive at nbc and for a publisher and for a some sort of a record label to you know to choose and curate what's really good but there's a competition now against you know they're competing now against curators on the internet and crowdsourcing and all the other different types of ways that you know really good content can sort of find an audience essentially right and um, so I think that's like a that's a that's a core thing. It's not that those that role is not important anymore. It's just that a, a lot more people can participate in that role um, of the curating and, and so forth, and the cost of it has gone down a lot. But I think it does open up a lot of other questions or a lot of other challenges. It's not it's just just you know just because now anybody can do it that you know. Consumers are going to have you know a hundred times better content than they ever did. I, you know, there's still that just creates sort of like a cascade of other new challenges that you know need to be solved or addressed.
1: Now, seeing how the webbies is all about finding the the best of the web, do you think that good websites, good apps, things like that, things that are you know productive or sure. worthwhile or whatever it might be? Do they eventually find their way to the top? Do they eventually get found by users, or is the internet just so crowded, in your opinion, that sometimes really strong things go by the wayside?
2: It's a tough. Question. It's an interesting question. Um, I think that there's a huge. I think that stuff that's really. I think that stuff that's very, very good and very unique, and that has a team behind it that has a certain type of uh, behavior. Finds its way. Right. But not everybody in the world who makes really good work is necessarily a great person for promotion or for marketing or sometimes it's not very social. And so a lot of times it isn't just enough to make something that's really great if you don't have or can't lean on somebody who can help get it out there. You know, so I think that I don't think it's sort of a given. Uh, I do think it is the most important thing. Right, that like something that's really good has a much better shot of making it in the world than something that's mediocre. Right. Um, on the other hand, I think that there's a lot of stuff that's sort of middle of the road that does find an audience uh, because the people who are promoting it and, and getting it out there and talking about it are really good at that, and I think that that's actually a you know a, an important skill. And, um, and you know, so I think I think it's obviously a mix. But if I was going to say which would you rather have, obviously I'd rather have the the great content of the great work. I think part of what we see as our job at the Web Awards, though, um, is to provide actually like a really even playing field for shining a spotlight on great work, right? Like anybody can enter. There's a fee for entering, but it's actually, you know, given the, the scope of the world and that kind of thing and how much it costs to actually build all these things and everything, it's pretty minimal, right? So... Certainly if you do something really good and you're really excited about it, it, it shouldn't be the thing that prevents you from participating. So anybody can enter, and then everything is judged at exactly the same level by the same amount of people. It doesn't matter who you knew or who you were able to send a press release to or anything. It all goes through the system, you know, in a sort of unbiased fair way. And ultimately we work with like Coopers on making sure that we count everything properly and you know and so. Uh, I think it's a really fair way and 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 an easy way for people to participate and have a shot at, if it's really, really good, being recognized. And, you know, we have all sorts of stories of people um, whose, you know, whatever it is, personal site, blog, all sorts of things that have gone on to be kind of like huge success after being nominated or winning weddings.
1: Right. And I can imagine. I mean, it's a huge platform. Now I know you can't give away all your secrets of the Webby Awards, but what kind of things do you guys look for in in a winner or in a strong uh, website?
2: Yeah, I mean we have a set of criteria which obviously anybody can look at, and I mean it's actually a pretty good guide I think for generally like how to make good interactive work. Um, and they vary based on the type of work, but so like let's look at if you wanted to say take a look at apps, right? Um, you know we look at content, obviously that's very important. Uh, we look at the design, the visual design. We also look at how the apps are organized. Uh, we look at how well they work. Um, it's interesting is that when we first started out, there was all these things that were actually really, really pretty, and none of them worked, right? <laughs> um, today, there's so many tools and so many development tools out there, and there's still a lot of issues, but like things work really, really well, at least comparatively to the past. Um, and then we also look at like interactivity. How well does it take advantage of, the fact that it's an Internet, it's the Internet is a two-way medium, and there can be a back and forth and, and that kind of thing. And then finally, there's sort of a, we call it like an overall experience, which is like an X factor, which really depends on the category. And by, by way of example, you know, if you're trying to run like a really great news app, the most important thing is content, right? Like you could have the most beautiful, best organized, you know, most functional app. But if your news is like three days late or if it's like not cut, you know, not sort of as it's happening, nobody wants to go there, essentially. So in those kind of categories, content's really important. Um, in other categories where it might be like more experiential, like in fashion, where they're trying to convey a mood or a feeling about a fashion brand or about a look in the world, you know, visual design might be really important. So um, that that is sort of like the X factor. But. You know, I, I think that's actually for anybody who's making work online, those those five or six criteria are sort of the things to focus on.
0: I want to continue this conversation on apps because we've definitely become more of an app culture. And you were just at South by Southwest, correct? Yes. I think it was you that had said that the apps are the new scripts yeah. comparing it to Hollywood. Yeah. Can you explain what you meant a little bit about that and yeah,
2: well, actually i should say um i tried to say that but um uh, who told me that uh, bob greenberg who's like the founder of rga told me that one day and i've i've talked and tweeted about that and quote quoted him before it's such a great analogy but the basic idea it's just really funny it's like if you go to los angeles everybody you meet is somehow involved in film you know like the waiter is trying to give you a script and the real estate agent is a you know, an art director on a film and everybody's a director. It's just like, that's like what everybody's trying to do and everybody's constantly sort of trying to get people to read their scripts and that kind of thing. And it's sort of like their, their side project that they hope will one day, like, help them make it big. And it's, we're just, in New York, and I guess also in Austin at the time, there is this similar feeling where, like, anybody can make an app. And everybody's trying to make an app and have the app be, like, their thing and trying to get their app out there and promote their app and and that kind of thing. So it's just, like, a sort of a funny analogy. But I think it does um, depict, like, sort of in a really poignant way what's happening, especially here in New York, um, around app development and how much energy and enthusiasm there is for it, both from companies but also just from individuals.
0: Oh, definitely. And can you give us one or two apps that you saw at South By that you – are I guess most excited about seeing actually come out and release to the public?
2: Um, yeah, sure. I mean, um, let's see. The one I think I talked about. One I really liked, which I thought was interesting, was called Pose. Um, and Pose is sort of like a social network for fashion. It's like a social app for fashion. You know, so it's it's relatively simple. It's like people taking pictures of um, clothing and so forth, and following people who share similar tastes and. That kind of thing. But what I really like about it is it sort of touches on something that I think is changing or important, which is you know everybody is on Facebook. There's I don't know how many hundreds of millions of people on there, and to some extent it really makes sense if you're going to have like a group or a community or a page or whatever, obviously to be there because that's where everybody is. But with so many people there, I think it makes um, it does create like a market for some more some more niche um audiences who want to you know sort of share and talk and all that kind of stuff but not necessarily in the in the entire public square if you will if you want to use like sort of facebook as like the the main public square now there's room it's so big that there's room for like some side streets right and i sort of see pose as like one of those um one of those kind of side streets that you know the fashion community can kind of go down and really focus on and it's not going to ever be like a substitute for facebook but it could be a compliment
0: talk about this, I guess, side street concept. The internet is so large and you know, there's so much information out there. And now we've been moving towards this app society where we're more or less making these small niches or compartments that we're interested in. Do you see any type of issue with that approach of becoming an app society where we'll have certain apps for each interest that we have and then pay attention to nothing else?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's two parts of that, which is sort of like the cultural implication and then the, the tech part. But I, I mean, I've always—I don't know how long it's going to last. But I, I to me, this apps are essentially like a transition period, right? And I don't, I don't see, I don't see the way we use apps and on mobile phones sort of lasting for forever or for too long. Um, I think ultimately what happened is uh, the hardware got really good um, for the web or for mobile more quickly than the software uh, sort of develops in order to react and sort of deliver great content or great experiences to it. And specifically the iPhone came out, the web itself just wasn't really ready at all for something that was that fast and that good and that clear and all that. And, 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 you know, smartly and as a way to sort of handle that and give people a great user experience apps, which can be downloaded in small packets, they can, you know, provide sort of a more localized experience for people were developed by Apple and lots of people, you know, started creating them and it's great. It's a great marketplace and I'm not going to, I'm not political about it. Like I, I'm going to keep using apps until there's something better. Right. But I think that ultimately, um, the sort of segregation or what you want to call it, the, um, the siloing of one experience from the other is not really what the web is about and is not really, why is sort of in you know the opposite of why the web was so successful and it scaled right, and that's because everything is connected, right? And when everything is connected, um, there's a lot of advantages there, and I think ultimately that's why the web got so big so quickly. Um, and so as we, I think, you know, in these few years that come, as you know, everybody talks about HTML5 and all these technologies that are going to make you know regular web. Um, better for the mobile experience as they get better and faster and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I I sort of think we'll just transition back away from apps back to like the the web again on our mobile phones. But um, it's not going to happen immediately because, you know, people build up a lot of investment in apps. And that means from both the consumer downloading them and using them and also companies creating them. Um, So it'll probably, you know, I think it'll fade over time. But, you know, that's my thinking. Who knows what will really happen? But that's sort of how I... I always looked at it as sort of a transition
1: period. And that's interesting because I was kind of going to go down that road, I guess, with apps. We just covered it so we can talk about more uh, the Internet and technology in general. What do you see being the um Do you see, you know, do you have any really strong insight as to what we're moving towards? I mean, you're the designated Internet smart person. So, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and ask you that and ask you to predict sure. the future. <laughs>
2: Um, well, one thing I think we think we here at the Webby's, we always like try and focus every year on a few things that we think are really interesting and that we're seeing a lot of work being done on and where we think that work is actually changing the way regular people behave. And we really focus a lot on how do regular people behave. Um, and so one that we really are interested in is the way mobile technology is affecting like cash buying things between people at stores the entire sort of function of commerce, right? Um, and we're just like that's like a very, very old behavior. You go in to a store, you go to a stall in a market, you go, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, you go to travel great lengths and you trade. Those I mean that's sort of like, you know, exchange, barter, commerce is, you know, one of the you know core things that we've done as human beings forever. Um, And for a very long time we've been using cash in order to do that. And You know, I'd say like in the last, whatever it is, 10, 20 years, as people have been using credit cards and that's been easier, that's obviously been changing. But now we're seeing all these really interesting ways that um, your phone is impacting this consumer experience, whether it's how you exchange money with each other, how you buy things at Starbucks, um, how you buy things at the Apple store, you know, how you buy things at your corner coffee shop. Um, And I think that's sort of, that's really interesting. And there's, we sort of looked at a bunch of examples of, you know, there's obviously a bunch of apps I could sort of talk about if you wanted to, but um, I think that's, that's a huge change and something that we're seeing accelerating a lot this year.
1: Now, I I also wanted to ask you, do you spend the majority of your time specifically just because you, or the founder of the Webby Awards? Searching. I'm not. I'm not
2: uh, sorry, just interrupt you all yeah. to be clear. I'm not the founder. I um, I started at the Webby Awards 13 years ago. I was just a. It was like a kid out of college in 1998 or something. I made. Um, I made websites when I was in college for extra money, like for beer money. In <laughs> college, and uh, I moved out to San Francisco, thinking I was going to get a job as a writer, hoping I would. And I got out there, and all there was was like web jobs everywhere. And one of my friends actually worked at the agency at the time, this old school classic internet agency called Vivid Studios that did all the work for The Webby's and I ended up starting at The Webby's helping run the judging process.
1: Um,
2: And I did that for a few years and I worked for the two women who were the founders. Um, And then I went off and did my own thing for a few years. And in 2005, I think it was, uh, The Webby's was sold to a different company. And I met the founders of the new company and really hit it off with them. And they sort of asked me to come back to New York and, and to run you know, the Webby division. So that's sort of how I got into it. Um, I'm definitely like the longest. You know, I've been with the Webby's sort of longer than anyone. Um, and I definitely, it's definitely sort of like adopted it a little bit. As, as my <laughs> but I can't, I can't claim to be the founder.
1: Okay, well, I stand corrected. Longest standing member. But, um, you know, do you concentrate on, because a lot of the things we do on the podcast is we talk to entrepreneurs, we talk to people about their passions and where they're going. It kind of started as a career advice type thing. Do you spend the majority of your time seeing how the Webby Awards can expand where you can go? Or do you kind of like to stay ground floor and, and really be diving into websites, apps, like individual things, searching the end of the internet, things like that?
2: Um, let's see. I guess, you know, I think that in order to do the, the – to sort of see where you're going, you sort of need to be paying attention to where you are, right? And I certainly – like we like I said, we get about 10,000 entries. Um, we have an academy of judges of 1,000 people who live in like 30 countries who go through the Um And so we choose those choosers, and we really try and focus on making sure that people who are picking them are really good. Um, we obviously – everybody who works here – works here because they're passionate about the web. And so, like, our culture of the office of what we do here is a passion for, you know, for Internet culture. Like, that's, like, why we're here. Um, But, you know, I think you have to blend paying attention, at least from my perspective, for my role. It's like you have to blend, like, being really passionate about, like, what's out now and, you know, what's coming and all that kind of thing. But then also thinking about that as it relates to our actual business. Um, And I think we've done that. You know, we're definitely interested in... Like to go back to what I said at the beginning, um, we think the internet's a really mainstream thing, and we're very much interested in like how we can grow to continue to be you know in, in a in a mainstream way to talk to a mainstream audience. And so a few things we've done like in the past a few years, I think two years, eighteen months ago, two years ago, we launched a newsletter um, called Netted, which is sort of like a, a little bit of a daily candy or a Thrillist, but for internet things, apps, sites. That um, make regular life, regular people's lives better. So just very, very consumer focused. Um, it's one side or one app a day that we send out, uh, and it's you know we've grown it very. You know I think we're well over 100,000 subscribers, um, and expect as we get into sort of our busy season for that to grow a lot. And so that was a, I think that was a really that's a, an interesting thing for us and something we really love doing, and it helps us sort of continue to talk about the internet. Um, to that broader audience, and hopefully serve like a very good mission, which is educating, curating, and um, sort of giving them, you know, excellent content every day. And then uh, a while ago, actually, about five years ago, uh, we been we started something here in New York City called Internet Week, um, which is a public-private partnership between our company and the city of New York, where we put on a whole festival that celebrates the Internet. Uh, we had about 300 events happening citywide last year. Um, and again, very much our mission curate, celebrate, educate, you know, about internet and internet culture. We do that here in the city. And then a few years ago, we actually launched it in London as well. So um, anyway, to answer your question, I think it's definitely like a mix of passionate about what you're doing now and knowledgeable about it, but also paying attention to what else is going on so that you can continue to, you know, to sort of grow and hopefully meet that passion or grow into that passion.
0: I need to find more guys like you because I do kind of the same thing where I'll find different YouTube videos out there, or sites, and that kind of stuff, and send them to my friends, and everybody just makes fun of me for being in quote-unquote internet dork.
1: Oh, yeah. We definitely do. And I'm glad you brought up Netted, actually, because that that is awesome. Like, I recommend everybody check that out. I'm not a huge internet guy, but that I feel like that keeps me uh, up to speed. Thank you. And then one last thing I actually had for you again, this kind of goes back to just you being an expert on the Internet and uh, all those things is um, me and John often joke that we get more done in a day than our parents got done in a week because of technology and connectivity and things like that do you feel like we work harder still as a nation? Like to me, technology is supposed to make things easier, but now it's like, do it faster and do it more. It's just multiplied. I want to get your take on that.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think if you look at, I guess I would say, if you like, look at like the nation's productivity, it's been going up for decades and decades, right? So we are getting more and more productive and we're working the same amount of hours, essentially, if not more. um, you know, I, you know, it's all relative though. It's like I always say, it's like, uh, you know, when we were kids. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and I wanted to go see like Star Wars or something, and the show was at you know eight ten, my parents were like, we better leave the house at six thirty so we can get there at seven and stand in line for an hour to get the tickets to wait for twenty minutes to see the two hour movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And the kids these days, like they would, ne- I mean, that nobody does. They just would never do that, right? They like go to Fandango, they pre-order their tickets, and then they. You know, that sounds ridiculous to them. Yeah. Um, so in that way, that sounds like way more efficient. But then, you know, they have some other, they have other things in their life that they, in 20 years, that they'll consider when they look back to be like us standing in line for a movie for two hours an hour or whatever. So, uh, you know, I think it's just probably, rel- you know, it's relative to, you know, what you know and sort of where you came from. I do think it's interesting being of, I'm assuming of similar generations, though. But I do think it's interesting being sort of part of a generation that, like, live before the internet and after the internet, um, where there's a sort of unique perspective on what the world was like before email or before anybody really used email, um, you know. And I, I don't think that you know. In moving forward, I don't think that people will have that same perspective because I think the the sort of change that happened is you know like a once in 500 year change it's uh. not like the kind of change that happens like every 20 years
1: yeah it's like yeah. who uses maps anymore that that gets okay. me the most i like i can't even believe we how did you know where to go before mapquest and before gps i have no idea
2: aaa you know <laughs> we used to go down i mean i remember on like high school road trips we used to go to aaa and tell we were going and they would print out this like trip ticket that was like on a dot matrix printer and and, know, at the time it seemed like so cool
0: nothing will be better than this
1: yeah alright well again I know you're busy and thank you so much for being on the Webby Awards are incredible we look forward to them um, Netted is something that we'll, we'll put a link up to, uh, to that on our website because I recommend it to anyone young old uh, internet savvy or not so um, again thank you so much it's been a really good conversation
2: Cool. Thanks for having me, you guys. I, uh, like I said, I really, the podcast looks like it's going really well, and uh, I applaud you, and i am um, like to keep checking it out.
1: All right. Thanks Thanks so much appreciated. All
2: right. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: And welcome back from that awesome interview with DMD.
1: Chris, thoughts? I mean, I loved it. As you know, I don't—I mean, we talked about this in the intro. I don't like scouring the Internet. So if anybody can make it easier and really point out the good stuff, I'm all for it. You know you have a massive hole in your shorts right on the crotch?
0: Yeah, for some reason, and and you know what? There's actually a bigger one in the back, <laughs> huh. but I'm sorry. the stitching, luckily it's double stitched here so you can't see anything,
1: but <laughs> I, uh, that front, the front stitching, I don't know, man. Anyway, I sorry, it threw me off everybody, it throws me point. off my game when there's a gaping hole. Anyways. <laughs> So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Really hope that, you know, sign up for Netted. Check out the Webby Awards. Submit some if you know of some really awesome things. Smart People Podcast. Cough. Cough. I actually wanted to ask him. Like, hey. That's a great idea. Right? Let's get a thousand of
0: you to just send. Well, once we get to that listenership and then uh, fan following on Facebook. Yeah. We can get everybody to send our podcast as a nomination for the smartest podcast. That's, maybe
1: that will be we'll a new category make up. A, uh, a new new category. Category. Thanks for following us again on Facebook. We're trying to get to 2000 now. So help us out. Spread the news to your friends. We get some awesome feedback from you guys, by the way. Thanks so much for writing in, sending emails, you know, just letting us know what you think. You, you've been talking it over with your friends or like these things bring up conversations, all that good stuff. Um, that's what we're here for. Kind of spark some conversation and help you learn something along the way smartpeoplepodcast.com is the website. Check it out. And uh, that's all I got for you.
0: Yeah. And keep sending those emails. Don't get discouraged if we don't get back to you. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on. We get a bunch of emails. We try to get back to as many as possible. But I feel like we get back to them. Yeah, for the most part. But there's a couple that slip yeah. through the crack and I don't want them to stop emailing us. We read them. I promise you we that. We definitely Every read single them. one. Yeah. We appreciate it. We them.
1: take it in. So thanks again. Tune in next week. Another great episode.